Good Tuesday, everyone. Welcome to the VolQuest.com podcast presented by Blue Water Climate Control. Brent Hubbs, Rob Lewis, Jesse Simonton, and Austin Price. Glad to have you along with us. Be sure and check out Blue Water Climate Control online at BlueWaterClimateControl.com or you can follow them on Twitter at BlueH2O underscore climate. Glad to have you along with us on this Tuesday. Several things to get to. Let's jump right into uh, the magical world of basketball, Rob. Um, it, you look like they're done, and then they come back and they win a game against Florida that they almost gave away, but they get the win. And now in front of Tennessee tonight is Kentucky on the road, Auburn at home to finish out. Any thoughts on where this team is? Are we just inconsistently inconsistent that, as who they are? I mean, that's what I think. I mean, I don't want to – I'm not trying to be, you know, to diminish but, you know, what was a really nice win on Saturday because it was. I mean, they played well. They deserved it. But still, I mean, we're a John Fulkerson answered prayer away from talking about them potentially closing, you know, looking at a four-game losing streak tonight against Kentucky. But, so, I mean, I, tough close. I mean, I, I, I don't love their chances tonight in Rupp Arena, to say the least. And um, they'll be playing an Auburn team that is going to have a lot on the line on Saturday in terms of playing for CD, and they're going to have Isaac Okora back. Um, Tennessee right now, I mean, tough to – um, see, I mean, I think the NIT is a possibility, but it's not a guarantee by any means. What, what Rob's, you, Rob's wearing his UK 2K uh, <laughs> stuff right now. When you look, when you look at this team and, and you look at the NIT possibility, what, what, I mean, and I guess, again, NCAA is out unless Tennessee is going to go win the SEC tournament, which I don't think any of us are seeing. Um, what do you think it takes for Tennessee to get into the NIT? What are you going to do? I mean, I think they either need to win one of these two this week and actually I think they need to win one of these two this week and then at least win one in Nashville maybe two and I mean I just you know I mean, you look around the league Arkansas is going to I mean they, they've got a worse conference record but I mean they also lost five straight without Isaiah Joe I think that'll be taken into account they're, and their non-conference record or their non-conference wins are better than better Tennessee's than Tennessee's non- and, and I mean I think you know, Alabama is, I mean, has got the same record as Tennessee. Yes, Tennessee beat them head-to-head, but Alabama's computer numbers are better. I mean, those are two SEC teams just right there that, you know, I think probably are, you know, going to be more attractive to the NIT. And South Carolina, I, I don't think South Carolina's making the tournament. I mean, the, the big dance. Right. And they're going to be ahead. I mean, I would think they'd be firmly ahead of Tennessee in the NIT pecking order. So, I just don't – I mean, I don't think the NIT is a guarantee by any stretch of the imagination unless they beat Auburn at home and then win probably two in Nashville. And the second win would be a good one. Yeah, on Friday. Be a quality one because probably playing the number one seed at that point. Probably playing right? Kentucky. Yeah. yeah, I mean, well, I mean, if things – it's a log jam right now. Tennessee's 8-8. Eight and eight, But, I mean, if they – I mean, they could easily be the eight seed you know, right. if, if kind of form holds this week, which right. would put them against Kentucky on Friday. So, the, the, back to this team um, – did, did Josiah James figure something out? You know, Rick said that um, – Because we played well, obviously, against Florida. I mean, 10 points, 10 of their first 20 points. Rick feels like it's kind of health-related. Like, he's like it, this is the best that he's felt all year, according to Rick, which, you know, I don't know if that necessarily explains him from going from scoring, you know, four points in the previous three games to being one of the best players on the court on, on Saturday. I mean – you know, we're huge numbers, but there are a lot of people in college basketball who can give you 12 points, eight rebounds, six assists, and very few people are going to be lead their team in rebounds and assists. I mean, that's one, you know, you, you can see point guards lead their team in points and 
assists. You can see big guys lead their team in points and rebounds. It's a, that's a pretty unique skill set when you are, are your team's best rebounder and best playmaker. Well, I think he was a big catalyst as to why Tennessee's ball movement was so much better. I don't I mean, think there's any question. You know, their spacing was better, but the, the ball didn't get stuck in their hands going around the perimeter. No. Shot, at least in the first half. First half, for sure. And even the second half, I mean, they got bogged down a little bit, but they still shot better than 50% from the field. And, you know, Florida really cranked up. I mean, that was a desperate back-to-the-wall you know, kind of kind of thing you saw from the Gators in the second half where Tennessee just had to hold on. But, I mean, I think that's what frustrates Rick Morris to no end is that they – because I, I don't think Florida really played bad. I mean, I think Tennessee took it to them in that first half. I mean, really, I mean, 17 points, 11 turnovers. I, mean, I think Tennessee was really well prepared, and I think that's what kind of makes Rick's head want to explode is – they have that in them. You know, they have that kind of game in them, and, but they're just all over the board. Got better play from Viscovi, took care of the basketball, you know, and it seemed like he was in better command of things. Is, is that – was that just he played better? Is that a little bit of Josiah James helping him take a little pressure I think that's off a, of it? I think that's a big deal when Josiah is engaged and productive like that to take some pressure off Santiago. I mean, guard play, but they don't have – they got basically three guards, you know, pretty much. I mean – I don't I mean Jalen Johnson's not going to come in and handle <coughs> They got Viscovi, Bowden, and James. So, I mean, to have a kid that's been on your campus less than two months be asked to you know do the kind of kinds of things that Santiago is being asked to do, game in and game out, that's that's huge. I mean, and even you know you throw Josiah in there, still your two primary ball handlers are, are true freshmen. That's that's tough. The other thing that seems interesting to me is. And I get where Rick Barnes was at. You got to win the game. You got to you got to go about it. But he absolutely he eliminated his bench. Yeah. He didn't shorten the bench. He eliminated the bench on Saturday. And and I get the sense that tonight in Rupp Arena you're going to see a short bench. I think that's the way he's going to play the rest of the way if they can stay out yeah, of foul trouble. Yeah, I asked I asked him about that today or Monday, and you know he I mean he kind of hem and hawed a little bit saying that it was. You know, that, the way the game went, that's, that's how it was. Like, his assistants were pulling on his elbow, you know, saying, you, we need to get so-and-so out, we need to get so-and-so out. And Rick was like, nope, nope, <laughs> not going to do it. So, I, I just don't think it's sustainable. I mean, especially, I mean I, and especially when you're playing a Saturday, Tuesday, I mean, you're, you're going to have guys run out of gas. You I know mean, what the four of us have in common with Tennessee's bench? We scored the we same can, amount of points. We scored the same amount of points. <laughs> on Saturday. So, I mean, but, I mean, Pons has been doing it for three weeks with tendonitis in his knee. He's averaging 38 minutes a game. Yeah, yeah. Rick's talking about how Josiah's not been healthy all year. He played him 40 minutes. Yeah. it's not, I mean, he talks about – he talks all the time about Fulky's the one we keep an eye on. That's that's the one, you know, we've got we got to make sure he gets his breaks. He played 36 minutes. And played the last couple. Really got away with several couple, you know, some rough so, rough housing down low that could have fouled him out. I just, I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, Rick will say one thing and then do another when it comes to comes to playing his bench. I mean, he just doesn't trust those guys at all. I mean, he doesn't he doesn't trust Cam Law. He doesn't trust Plastic. Devontae, eh. I think he'll give Gaines a chance defensively sure. because of the quickness then, of Kentucky. And then the, the first time he takes a bad shot or throws it out of bounds, you won't see him again. <laughs> It'll be a while before you see him. But, I mean, you yeah. go back a year ago, I mean, like Rick, you know, when he got kind of late in the year, he got crunch time, I mean, he was relying on, and granted they were different players, but, I mean, the bench got way shorter a year ago. Yeah, but still, I mean, Fulke and Ponds played. I mean, way more so than Gaines or Cam Well, he was playing Lamonte Turner. Too. Yeah, and Lamonte was coming off the bench. bench yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I mean it was a 
I mean, totally I mean it wasn't a great bench, okay? And he didn't play Pond. But I mean, my point is he didn't really trust those guys either. Right. He may have been playing them, but there wasn't a great deal of trust. But the, but, they got yanked out after bad passes or bad shots. But the level of trust that he had in Fulkerson and Ponds last year compared to Kemal or Plasnick is apples and oranges. Yeah, I, I agree with that. Even though he didn't play those guys a ton of minutes last year, he did – he would put him in some critical situation. I'm just not sure he's going to put anybody in. Yeah, I'm not. I mean, I'm not sure he's going to play, particularly Camois and, and Plavich. At Rupp, see that. at Rupp Arena. Yeah, I just you know, and you know, Tennessee if Tennessee's down eight the first half. Yeah. They're not. I just I don't see him using that bench. All right, quickly to wrap up hoops, um, recruiting had to be point guard, the, the five star point guard in big man, chance to, big or man. big man. Excuse me, had a chance to visit with him. What, what's your take? I mean, he, I mean, he's a. Tremendous player, Jabari Smith, the number five player in, in 2021, and you know it's it's interesting. I mean, to be as highly regarded as he is, it's not like you know Duke, Kentucky, Kentucky, you know North Carolina. Those guys aren't involved. It's right right now. I think Tennessee and Auburn, and he didn't say this. He's not naming favorites, but I think Tennessee and Auburn are at the top. Georgia is in he's an Atlanta area kid, so Georgia and Tom Crean are in there, you know, pushing hard, and, and Georgia Tech's involved, but it's not like a you know, just crazy highfalutin recruitment right now. Where's he playing at again? Sandy Creek. Um, Tyrone, Georgia. Jabari Holloway, former tight end, went to Notre Dame from wow. Sandy Creek. Wow, look at Huff pulling that out. That was old school. So we were in elementary didn't, didn't school. Didn't Ray John Neal go to Sandy Creek? I think he did go to Sandy Creek. I think you're absolutely right. I think Ray John's holding him with that one? Okay. No, but he did get that eye work done. We run that spot on the nation every week. <laughs> so, anyway, he is from there. Back to what? Back to recruiting. Uh, I mean, I think Tennessee's right in the thick of it. I mean, obviously, you know, getting him here for – it was an official visit. He was here with his father. His father played at LSU, which is back in, in, in the late 90s, which is another kind of odd wrinkle that LSU doesn't – at least right now, is not does not appear to be super involved. And uh, – I think he's got a really good relationship with Desmond Oliver. Really likes Rick Barnes. He's a six foot nine kid that plays a lot on the perimeter, can shoot it. So, you know, not surprisingly, Tennessee's working the Kevin Durant angle. I mean, he's he doesn't think he's Kevin Durant, but he. I mean, he, if you click on YouTube, you can find him. And he, there's some there's some similarities there between him and a 17 year old Kevin Durant. So, big time big time prospect. And I mean, Tennessee has a great recruiting class coming in. And if you look at 2021. They've had the number two player in the class in Paolo Banchero on campus, number five, Jabari Smith, number 11, Kennedy Chandler, and number 16, Harrison Ingram. That's, that's pretty stout. Yep, certainly doing at, work. At this early stage. Yep, we'll see how they close it out, but it's, it's a while before that takes place. But obviously important to get those guys on campus. We'll see if they get anybody in this weekend um, for, for a noon start against Auburn uh, to close out the regular season. We'll have more on that as to kind of – whether or not anybody's going to make it in or, or not, we'll discuss that a little bit uh, on Friday's podcast as well. All right, speaking of recruiting, let's jump to football recruiting. Uh, everybody was lined up like a marathon on at you know Sunday morning, go to sprint to get guys on campus. The dead period's been lifted. Get everybody here. Tennessee had a few in. Everybody around the conference seemed to have a few in, but it really starts to ramp up for Tennessee this week, right? Yeah, this week's way bigger. I mean, they had a few stragglers in uh, at the Gatlinburg tournament. Stragglers. Um, over the weekend. demeaning Junior Colson. (laughs) No, I mean, just something like it wasn't like a planned deal, though. You know what I'm saying. Stop. No, Um, I mean, the weather messed it up. Yeah, we had it in the war room, the fact that, I mean, multiple major teams canceled yeah, even correct. showing up yeah, I mean, because like, they didn't want guys to pull a hamstring. That's right. I mean, you go back and, I mean, 
you know, the, the group from Alabama, the Southern Express didn't come. The group from other J3 Middle J3 Select did not come in. Um, you know, and that eliminates Turrentine, Dallin The California Hayden. kids didn't come in. The California kids did not come in. Which is they, incredible for me to even think that there's a 7-on-17 from California flying in to play, play a weekend in Gatlinburg with touch football. Californians know about the peddler, Rob. Um, they love the pancake pantry. Um, and, Space needle? And, oh, they love that mini golf up there, too. Davy Crockett mini golf. You, better than um, the one that, where you ride the train up the hill? That would be hillbilly golf for those keeping the score at home. Go ahead with your recruiting. That's, that's like four free sponsors. We need to get, <laughs> need to get on board. Go ahead. With, with anyway. Who's coming in this weekend? Uh, what well, do you got? Peyton Page. Uh, well, he's going to be the, the headliner, but you've got Travis Shaw, who's one of the top players in 2022, will be in with him. He, he, they will make the trip over together. They're buddies, um, right? Yeah, obviously, Cayman Marty's coming in. He's a top 100 player on Rivals. Um, you know, uh, the right kid, uh, Jalen Wright. the Running really, back from yeah, over in Durham. He's a track champion over in North Carolina. He's big enough? In. You think he's big enough? Yeah, Tennessee likes him a lot. Swiss know? Army knife. Yeah, kind of. He's their, you know, he would be like what would be called the toy. I mean, like he can play all over the field. Nicole Harden? Yeah, that kind of guy. Um, you know, Tennessee, I think they're under the impression that, you know, Isaac Washington will be back here this weekend, which would be a big deal for the Vols considering they just lost him if they can get him back over here and that he told, quickly. And he told Friedman that they weren't really in consideration anymore. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> Was that just a Tracy Rocker deal? Yeah, I, I mean, mean, just a response to, to Rocker League. Yeah, I, yes, I think you know. I mean, I'm, getting him here would be big because it gives him a chance to sit down with Jimmy Brumball and, and that's visit right. with Jimmy Brumball, and that's what Tennessee's been trying to. That's what Tennessee's been trying to do from and, the moment Tracy Rocker yeah, left. And gets him back in front of DA. You know, I think that relationship's important too. With, with well, with Washington some of these likes Pruitt, yeah, and he likes yeah. DA, but he, you know, he's made it clear his position coach is a big deal, and he does not know Jimmy Brumball at all. Yeah, Camaro Edwards, kid from Havelock, I think is going to be in here this weekend um, as so well. Heavy North Carolina. Heavy North Carolina. Uh, I think there'll be a few kids from the state of Tennessee make it in. Um, Virginia, uh, Travion Henderson, not going to visit this weekend. He's going to visit later in the month of March. Um, i tell you one thing. I think Tennessee is trending the other way. And, I mean, it's not anybody's fault. I just think it's kind of timing. You know, Jay took over North Carolina on January 31st, and dead period started that weekend. You know, uh, Dilworth and, and Ritzy now, I mean, Dilworth went to Georgia for the first time, and Ritzy's now been twice in a month. Those are teammates out, out of Glenn over there in North Carolina. They seem to be trending towards Georgia at this point. Dilworth put out his commitment date, going to do something on April 17th, so the day before Tennessee's spring game. Uh, I don't know when Georgia's spring game is, but I do know that he's going to take eight visits between, which, which started this past weekend, so now he's down to seven um, between now and then. Um, but, you know, it definitely seems like Tennessee's going to have to make up some ground if they're going to try to, to swing those uh, either one of those guys uh, or, or keep them from committing. Uh, someplace in the next month or two. Yeah. Uh, so, and again, I think that's just one of those deals where you're playing a little bit of catch up. You got new guys that they're trying to get to know, yeah. new position coaches they're trying to get to know, and a new coach in a recruiting area that they're that they're trying to get to know. So, can they get them on campus? You know, and and some quality time on campus, not just passing through. Well, campus. And, and that's the thing is like you know this weekend's a, it's like a pseudo junior day. There's no practice, so it's it's it really is. I won't. You think of the mean them earlier. It's like a car wash. I mean, you kind of run them through. I mean, like that's what these things are. I mean, they're meant to get a lot of bodies on campus, give a kid a look at you. And but I mean, I think you know the best thing to go for Tennessee is like 
you know, a guy like Dilworth not coming in then, he's going to come in, I think it's April 4th. Um, uh, Where it's just him. It's just him, maybe a teammate or two. There's not going to be 50 or 60 people here. So, like, you can watch practice. You can kind of, you know, spend more time and quality time with the coaches. So, you know, I think anytime you can have that happen over the next month, Travion Henderson's another perfect example of that. Get him here. Um, you know, Tennessee's in a really good spot with Cody Brown. Um, you know, they'll still have to, you know, fight tooth and nail. But I think that the visit, you know, last month really helped them there. And so he, I think, is going to do something in the summertime. Um, and, and so does that mean he officially visits Tennessee sometime this spring or summer? I think it's, you know, something you'd be, you know, would bear watching. All right. I got to ask before we start moving towards maybe talking a little uh, football roll. here. Drum roll. Before the start of spring practice, it's time for the – we've got to get a little bumper music. We do, do. Uh, it's time for the like a, weekly like a, Zach Evans update. Is Zach Evans going to let, – let me start. i got multiple specific questions for you, Austin, okay? I'm going to throw some specific okay. at you. One, Florida visit, still think it's going to happen? I think it happens as of now. As the official but, visit is going to yeah. happen there, okay? And that will be the fifth but and final But that won't surprise me if it don't. Right, but we think that that's going to happen. I think it'll happen. If he visits somewhere officially, you think it's only going to be Florida. It doesn't do appear like that. it's anybody I else, don't think, right? I don't think it'll be anybody else. So no Southern Cal, no Oregon, no Florida State. Looks like it's going to be Florida yeah. if he takes the fifth official visit. Yeah, correct. All right, I've been asking this question for three weeks, so I'm going to ask it again. I don't know that the answer is going to be any different, but I've asked this question. I've wondered aloud. With the dead period lifted, is there a chance he unofficially shows up at Ole Miss – Texas A&M, um, or at Tennessee. Do you think there's a chance he takes an unofficial visit to one or all three of those schools in and around this official visit to Florida? I think he's going to take some uh, take an unofficial visit or two. Uh, you know, we'll see, you know, who kind of wins that lottery, but I think there's been enough smoke around that in the last, you know, you know, week or so to, to lend myself to think that he's probably going to make his way to, to somebody's campus sooner rather than later. Just perhaps more than one. Yeah, and if, if you're going to stay and, and, in it, and 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 you know, read read the tea leaves. It's not that far of a trip. <laughs> Breaking news. It's not that far of a trip from Nashville. So, but I mean, I think if you don't want Florida to be to get the only visit, to, to be the only school. So, I mean, I, to me, if you're Ole Miss or if you're Tennessee and you're trying to stay in this thing, you got to you got to do everything you can Miss, to get him on your campus unofficially, well, and especially with this particular prospect and the way his recruitment has unfolded I think as much face time as you can get uh, with him kind of behooves you in terms of your chances of landing him I mean I, I agree with that I mean I just don't I'm not saying that a phone call doesn't carry some weight but I think if you're you don't want to just be making phone calls or a FaceTime deal while he's in the only visit he takes in the month of March is to Florida because if I think that happens I think that puts Florida in a great position because they're getting to face one-on-one, you know, eyeball-to-eyeball conversations with him as opposed to something over a video chat or just a phone call. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that, you know, the one team that I'd watch out for in this whole deal is, <laughs> is Texas A&M. I mean, Jesse's talked about that forever. I just think that, I thought you, you know, said they were. You were the I, one. That, I thought you said the family's like, no, it ain't going to happen. The family doesn't want him around. I mean, the people around him don't want. But I'm just, you know, the longer this thing plays out, the more you have to wonder: do they kind of get back in the mix here a little bit? And that's the easy answer. I mean, at, you know, the, at the end of the day, listen, there's and, been a lot of. And the, he can the, say, hey, he, he can say, Coach Robinson's there, who I've always liked. Right? Well, the, yeah, the, and, the people that the people around him 
don't necessarily want him to end up at Texas A&M, but there's been a lot of kids where, you know, go places that either they didn't want to go or people around them didn't want them to go. There's also been a couple folks in Texas that have sworn since day one to, that Zach Evans was ultimately going to sign with A&M. Would ultimately end up being there. And that was that was before the stuff with Georgia and LSU and then the you know merry-go-round and all that. So. But here's my question, though. How many did A&M sign? Because I don't think they took anybody that they can push forward. Rivals has them at 24. So they have 24, a spot. 24-7 has them at 26. So my point is, is, is you know, if you, if, you, if you sign 25 high school guys, Zach Evans already officially visited. So great, you know, blue shirtings, you know, off the table. Unless they could back count somebody. Unless they could have back counted somebody. And I don't know the answer to that. Yeah, I don't know either. Loud. I'm just, I mean, if they're continuing to recruit him, that tells me they got room for him. Otherwise, why would you be, why would you be in the middle of anything dealing with that situation if you don't have a spot? Oh, I don't know. Nothing surprising. Unless me, you know, I mean, so we'll see. I mean, my guess is they've got room for him, or they would not be they would not be messing with it and not be involved with it in any way, shape, or form. Um, but we'll see. I think the first question, the first two questions: one, is he going to take this Florida official visit? I think he does. I think he's close enough with Brewster that that, that, that visit happens. I and think then, that helped the Gators there. And then the second question is, where does he else does he show up unofficially? Because I believe he will show up somewhere. I've, I've always felt that, the, that, that he was going – somehow, some way, he was going to end up at Ole Miss again and, and end up at Tennessee again before he made a final decision. Yeah. That's what I think is going to happen. All right, let me tell you a little bit about Blue Water Climate Control and what they offer in terms of a ductless air conditioning system as a smart alternative to central forced air systems. Known as a mini-split heat pump, these ductless systems offer high-efficiency energy savings, lower noise, personalized comfort, and advanced air filtration. They're an excellent option for remodels, room additions, finished basements, in-law suites, cabins, vacation homes, and as a supplement to existing HVAC systems. If you're building your own home, you definitely want to let Blue Water talk to you about the many benefits of a ductless system. They're very often half the price of a conventional duct system solution, and they have great warranties. So you can call Blue Water Climate Control and schedule your free consultation. You can call them at 865-299-2290. You can find out more at bluewaterclimatecontrol.com. And again, you can check them out on Twitter as well at blue h2o underscore climate all right let's jump to the tennessee football team jesse we've been talking about quarterbacks you had your spring primer on the quarterback situation and how tennessee manages this or how will they potentially manage this we talked about it at length uh in the last podcast but specifically if you're jeremy perut and jim cheney do you do you look at this and you go hey we're going to do two weeks where we try to split this thing equally and they were going to pare it down. Do you do a week like that? I don't think it's realistic to do 15 practices where everybody's, quote, somewhat equal. When do you, if you're them, when would you pare it down? Or would you pare it down? I would have kind of an A group and a B group. I think you have I to, think from you? the start. And I, I think from the start? From the start. And I think what will be most interesting to me uh, is – and we kind of teased this last week, or we even discussed it a little bit on, in the Friday pod. But we're a week away from Jeremy, you know, meeting with the media before spring practice starts next week. 
What wide does he open, say? Wide open. What is open competition? That's going to be his phrase, in my opinion. Go ahead. So that's going to be interesting. So if if he does do that, that's obviously a one eighty from how he discussed Jarrett Garantano a year ago in the off season. Um, we know that he was pretty adamant throughout the the end of the fall, including in the bowl game, that JG was the guy he trusted the most. So how much is this because? You know, AP, you and I sat down there with Harrison Bailey at a table at the Rivals five-star challenge, and Harrison Bailey did not think J.G. was coming back to this football team last summer. No, I mean, I think... I mean, he didn't. I mean, and and that's not to say that things don't change. You know, a lot of recruits end up changing their mind and and choose different teams. But, you know, I think Harrison envisioned coming in here and being able to play as a freshman... How realistic is that? I think Harrison still envisions playing as a freshman. I, okay, but how realistic is that? You know, and and Brian Maurer, you know, thought that he was good enough and did get an opportunity to play some. So I think you're going to have an A group and a B group. It's going to be difficult to, to feed all those mouths equally. You know, holidays created buzz. So what does that mean though, in terms of being an actual quote unquote quarterback versus kind of a package guy? Um, well, and I'll say this for Holiday. The buzz has been on his athletic just on ability. His, it's not, explosiveness, not, right. not, on his, not on his throwing ability. Right. But, again, he came here with the indication that he would get a fair shot. Mm-hmm. So what does that look like? Yeah. So it's going to be fascinating. And then, I mean, I have a piece coming out tomorrow that kind of, you know, so we de- dove deep into the quarterbacks. Who are five other guys that need uh, a big spring offensively? Um, and, and I think, you know, it starts with Darnell Wright. And then right after him, I think it's a guy like Princeton Fant uh, because of the, the huge questions at tight end. And, and I run through some other guys. J.J. Peterson? Defensively. Now he's or on, never. J.J. Peterson's on my defensive list 100%. Right. And, and 100%. That, that piece comes out, I think, Friday. But uh, I think it's a huge spring for Darnell. I think it's a huge spring for Princeton Fant, Ramel Keaton. Um, and, and perhaps my, one of my, the surprises on my list is, is I, I think it's a big – It'll be a big spring for Ty Chandler. No D'Angelo? I did not put I did not I, I, I think Ramel's got I'm gonna I'm gonna bet on Ramel Keaton over D'Angelo Gibbs. Well I think it's just a big spring for any of those receivers because there's they have so much get they have so for many sure. guys coming in. Yeah, and I summer. did a big piece on, on kind of that, that whole position, you know, yeah. relatively recently. But well, I think I, individually Ramel has a chance with 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 another year in the weight room that he's been, the kind of flashes that he's shown. He's got a shot to kind of emerge as the, the guy opposite of, of Josh Palmer. Well, and I think the question is going to be, how does that group earn guys' trust? For sure. And, and how, do you, how do you do that when you got and, so many, ex- so many and that, people And that's what I delved into the quarterback deal. When, when the, you mentioned that in the quarterback deal. You're trying to earn trust. You're trying to equal reps. And then I, I think Jeremy Pruitt, Rob, is going to stand in front of the media and talk about how it's a results-driven deal. You know, the guy who's the one most his, productive is going to be the one starter. of his favorite catchphrases. Yeah, I mean, I think that's going to be kind of his standard line when it comes to the quarterback deal. Is it's going to be based on production? And I think, it's, but that, but but anybody, the irony of that is that that could be a completely true and and earnest statement from Jeremy Pruitt, and yet the four of us can sit here and say, what exactly does that mean if a guy like Maurer or Her- even Harrison Bailey is running with the third team, and they're playing with. Right, third team guys and not working with guys that were put, you know, and so well, you know, and, and that's why I think, and we won't get to see this. This is why there's, there's going to be the unknowns of the quarterback deal. I think the true measurement of where the quarterback deal is who's running with who in the scrimmages. Yeah, not sure. not just who's running with who in drills. And I think work. it's all up to Garantano. Don't you? I mean, just you know, it's 
if he seizes it, you know, if he if he takes, I mean, if he he, it's going to be up to him to leave the door open. Oh, well, I, we, and we I said that it, last week. I think he, it's up to him to slam it. Yeah. To that, slam that, the door exactly. or to open it back up. Which way does he go with it this spring? I think it starts and, and rides with him. I, I, I mean, I really believe that. That's not a knock on Harrison Bailey or anybody else. He's got the most experience. He's a guy that the, the coaching staff, you know, has some trust in. The, the, you know, he has not slammed the door, in my opinion, on the job for him. Because of the way, because of his inconsistencies a year ago, but he had he should be the front runner. The question is, can he go out and 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 end it this spring, or is he going to leave the door open for everybody all summer long? That that's the intriguing that's the intriguing part for JG. The other intriguing part for that position, who's going to be there to to compete with him this summer after spring practice ends? That's another side of this thing that we'll certainly dive in into and talk about. So coming up Wednesday, uh, we got uh, five five offensive players to keep a close eye on. Need to have a big spring. Same thing for uh, the defense. We'll have more to get you ready for Jeremy Pruitt meeting the media uh, next Monday, and then Tennessee goes to the practice field a week from today to start their spring practice. Speaking of going to the practice field, it wasn't the practice field. Um, it was the NFL Combine. Lots of talk about Tennessee guys maybe not living up to the billing. What's your takeaway from what Tennessee did at the Combine? Were you surprised by anything I'm, at the Combine? I, I, was, I mean, I guess Jawan's time got the most play or, you know, created the most buzz. I didn't. I was not remotely surprised he ran 4.73 at all. No. I, the stiffness <laughs> in the vertical would probably be a bit of a concern. Yeah, that was a surprise. I mean, you know. He didn't even jump 30 inches. That, I think that's a bit of a concern. But his tape doesn't lie. J- Jawan is a guy that has an ability, an uncanny ability, to not only break tackles but to get open. Um, I think he's going to help a team on special teams. He will still be a guy that gets drafted, I believe, somewhere between rounds three and five. Callaway, I think, probably – the irony is Callaway actually – Posted a decent time, four five five or something like that. He jumped pretty high. I think it was like thirty eight or thirty nine inches. And yet, the takeaway I think when you read comments from Dan Brugger at the Athletic or even uh, Zerline um, at SI and some others, it was like th- th- these athletic these traits just don't translate to his game, which is what we've been saying for a couple of years. He just disappears sometimes. He was he was a big play guy for Tennessee. Uh, has great hands. They talked about, you know, his catch radius, and I think he looked pretty good. And I didn't see it, but you're reading some feedback. Looked pretty good in the drill work. But he didn't play a lot like a four or five guy at Tennessee, and so I think there's some concerns about not that stuff not translating. DT couldn't do anything because he was hurt, you know. Right. So so we'll kind of see. What, it'll be a huge pro day here at the end of the month for him. Uh, I think it'll be a big, big pro day for for Batuli if he wants to get drafted, you know, because he did okay uh, at the combine. But again, he's going to have to show that how can you how do you move laterally? It's not it's not so much what that forty time is. It's the three cone drill and some of the other stuff. How do you move laterally? DWA had a had a pretty weird, you know, he was like the second slowest tight end I think, but then was all the other traits were like actually pretty good. I mean, he was the second highest in terms of vertical jump. His three cone was good. Odd, odd, you know, just timing stuff for him. But again, I, I don't, I don't think his tape is going to do him a lot of favors. I will say this: there will be more NFL people here than there's been the last couple of years for the pro day because I think there's more, more NFL people are going to go. Am I missing something? You know what I'm saying? I want to go see. 
Batuli again. I want to see Nigel Warrior, who was not at the combine. Incredible. I want to see, you know, Jawan Jennings, Marquez Kelly. Am I missing something? I think that the due diligence factor is going to produce a, a lot of NFL guys here. Wouldn't be surprised if there's not some front office people here, a coach here. You know, it's not going to be everybody coming to see first-round picks, but I think there's going to be some, am I missing something to make sure I've well, done and I think it's because, I mean, guys. like what Jesse was talking about, I mean, you got two kids in, in Jawan and Batuli who were incredibly productive right. in the best conference in, in college football, but who don't have, you know, don't check all the boxes in terms of measurables. Well, and then, and then if you're an NFL guy, don't you want to know why Nigel Warrior wasn't at the combine? Why, a first-team all-SEC safety? You know, what are we missing here with this guy? I've got to go see what that's about. And, and you know, you talk about – I mean, I, I think Pro Day has now become even more heightened for him, not only because he didn't get invited, but some safeties balled out. from Not just the Isaiah Simmonses, you know, who's going to go top five, but there were the other guys that, that ran really well – um, and, and had good showings that Nigel's going to need – he's going to have to put his best foot forward, uh, you know, down here uh, on the, at the end of March. Yeah, I thought, I thought defensive backs and wide receivers were the group that, that made the most impression at the combine. Some would say you could always be that, – that may always be the case, but I thought some receivers went really low in times. Some of them expected, you know, and then I thought there were some DBs who, who showed some athletic ability – to really elevate themselves up the draft board. Um, yeah, I would agree with that. And I, I thought, you know, just from a broader perspective, I thought the running backs, you know, I mean, what Jonathan Taylor and Swift and Cam Akers, I mean, those guys all put up some really impressive times, you know, for guys that are 215 pounds or north of that. Well, and, you know, running backs, you're not going to take very high in the draft. I think Cam Akers is going to be a steal for somebody in the draft because I don't think he ever ran behind an offensive line that was worth anything yeah, at he, Florida State. Yeah, and he State. ran a 4-4-7 I, I, think, I think everybody's going to look at him in the NFL and go, what happened there? And they're going to look back and go, you know, coaching staff change, change offense, bad offensive line that for he sure. played for. All right, as we, as we close it out here, uh, obviously we had the story over the weekend, Darrell Middleton uh, with the off-the-field deal. If you're Jeremy Pruitt, how are you handling that one? Well, I mean, just based off of, you know, what happened and, and you know, I mean, I think you have to do your due diligence, but based off of, you know, what what was said to have transpired, I think he's at least suspended the game, if not more. I mean, I, you know, I, you, you suspended Bryce Thompson. Why, why, why would, I would, you know, maybe you just sit him for the first game, you know, you don't need him anyway, so. Yeah, I mean, I think you're going to wait and let it see how it plays out and all those things. I, you know, I'm a little surprised Tennessee did not officially announce him and definitely suspended or something to that effect uh, out of the gate. Maybe Jeremy will, will – Coach Pruitt will address that on, on Monday. I'm sure he will. He'll be asked about that. But obviously not a smart decision by Darrell Middleton over the weekend, and, and we'll see – how this one plays out with an off, you know, off-season incident versus an, an in-season deal. Yeah. Uh, you know, you're talking about the Bryce Thompson deal. Was right up against the season. Right up against the start of the season. Jeremy Banks happens in-season. Sometimes that affects things. But uh, obviously not a smart decision made by, by Jarrell Middleton and something that Tennessee's not wanting to have to deal with but um, is going to have to deal with, with that situation. Um, and we'll see where Jeremy elects to take that um, through spring practice and any type of punishment. Um, and, and, and what what takes place from there is, you know, you got time because he's going to wait and see what happens with the charges and, and everything else moving forward. So an off-the-field incident there that he's dealing with, 
off the field for Tennessee in a positive way, recruiting, starting to crank up. Guy's going to be on campus. We'll have full details of that coming up this weekend, full coverage of that. More names coming up for you in the war room at the end of the week as well as the podcast. We'll discuss that on Friday. The Tennessee basketball team on the road tonight in Rupp Arena looking to surprise uh, everyone with an upset over Kentucky. We'll see what the volunteers with a shortened bench can get done in Rupp Arena against the Wildcats. That's going to do it for this edition of the Blue Water Climate Control VolQuest.com podcast. For Rob Lewis, Jesse Simonton, and Austin Price, I'm Brent Hubbs. Thanks for joining us, everybody.